it, it, it was kind of strange. Everybody wore matched clothing in that town. And it was really awkward. Nothing can explain it. <laughs> they all had like red plaid shirts and like everybody looked like they had brand new jeans on. Like when they're really dark blue and like stiff looking. Everyone was dressed like that. It was all men. There were no women anywhere. So I had no idea what I was into. I got a Coca-Cola and left. I was out of there. That was it. That was probably the shadiest place I've been. Welcome to Capturing the Abandoned, a foray into the world of rural and urban abandoned exploration. Hello, this is Vincent Gearhart, and along with my co-host, Mr. Lex Nichols, we'd like to welcome you to Episode 16 of Capturing the Abandoned with our guest, Martin Hogan. We do this podcast to help recognize and highlight some of the talented rural and urban abandoned explorers that are out there. It gives us all a chance to get to know these individuals as an artist and as an individual. And here's a quick update on future shows. We still have some folks in the pipeline, and up next, we have another female guest from our northern neighbor, Miss Vivian McKenzie. And after her interview, we plan to have Mr. Brian Fuller. We are super excited to get a chance to visit with these two talented abandoned photographers and to share their story with you, our awesome audience. And we want to thank you for listening. We would like to take just a quick moment to honor all the amazing people on the front lines of this COVID-19 pandemic. This is for all the medical people who risk their lives every day to help curb this nasty virus. And our hats are also off to the food workers, delivery people, and anyone else that helps every day to supply, care, and support the rest of us. Bless you, and thank you so much. In this episode of Capturing the Abandon, Lex and I had the pleasure of interviewing Martin Hogan of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Martin's passion for the abandoned photography started way back when traveling the back roads of Michigan in his youth with his mother or while riding in the bus to and from school. Martin currently shoots with a Canon 5D and uses a couple of prime lenses and is an avid and proficient user of Adobe Lightroom and Photoshop. Martin has amassed an enormous collection of amazing images over the years over on Flickr, and we will have a link in the show notes to his site there. Martin's handle on Instagram is Nikita Spirit, whose name comes from his first two dogs, Nikita and Spirit. And without further ado, here is our interview with Martin Hogan. Tonight we're pleased to have with us on the show... Martin Hogan from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hello, Martin, and welcome to the Capturing the Abandoned podcast. Well, hello. We're glad to have you, Martin. Thank you. You got a lot of good stuff in your bio. Just give us a little 411. Give us some background on what you do and and uh, why you do this type of photography. Okay. What I do now is I, I'm involved in video work. I do freelance video, so... I have my hands on familiar DSLR gear quite often, but it's definitely wearing a different hat than when I go out and take pictures. It's definitely two different mindsets. 
because photography is just capturing something else and not like doing video interviews or anything like that. Um, I tend to do a lot of that. My background of photography is it was my mother worked for a newspaper and she had a camera and I fiddled around with it when I was younger. I had no training, didn't know what to do, just would try to line up the little meter in, in, in the middle spot on that Nikon, and hopefully the picture turned out. Didn't really know what I was doing with it still. And when I was in college, I was looking for a photography class, you know, thinking it was going to be an easy A. And I ended up picking the one that was really hard. It was all hands-on, all manual develop your own film, print your own prints, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I had my own camera by then, and I was fiddling around with it. But by the time college was over, it was on the, it's early electronics, and it was just on the frets. So I, it kind of just kind of fizzled out on me, and I kind of quit taking pictures. Somewhere around the year 2000, I bought a used Nikon because everybody was dumping their cameras at that time and buying the first one and two megapixel cameras and I picked it up incredibly cheap. And I would I just basically retaught myself how to expose film again, um, taking pictures of my dogs. And through a lot of dog pictures, I actually learned how to do exposure and shutter speed pretty well in aperture, um, which are the core elements of everything that I've forged ahead with. But I didn't really get into photography until about 2007, 2008 where I was interested in driving around Michigan looking at old things, but never took pictures. Well, there was the beginning of that, and it's been nonstop since to where I plan to take off for 10 days and just go take pictures. Hey, Martin. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about where you're at and your location and what you've been doing up there? Well, I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, which is a large urban area i'm pretty far from the rural things i enjoy so this will backtrack into for most of my life i grew up in a rural area which is known as the thumb of michigan and living around navy beans and corn these were the first things i like to take pictures of when i was trying to fiddle around with the camera but and and then it just it it all comes back to me this is where i want to be to take pictures these are the things I like. These are the things I want to be around. So how did you get into this type of abandoned photography? Um, it, it just had, um, well, where I grew up, um, basically one of the first things I did when I started taking pictures of abandoned buildings, I went out and drove my old bus route from fifth grade because it went through just down dirt back roads in their at that time in the 70s there was a lot of old buildings on that route well there's hardly any anymore in the last few have been raised since so they're no longer there i'm very disappointed about that i'm glad i did get some pictures of them just that familiarity with that area is i knew where there was a lot of stuff so i used to drive around for fun just to look at things because i enjoyed it that much good hey martin what are your favorite subjects you like to shoot? Mostly things that are rural. I, I, I like, even if it's just a landscape rural, which 
in Michigan can quickly turn into waterfalls and stuff like that. Or I really like cars. Who doesn't like old cars, especially if they have, (laughs) um, that's everything. And I, and I like just the old houses. I like the ones that haven't been, I guess, you know, we're at that point with the economy, I guess it, when, when I started doing this in 2007, 2008, 2009, there was um, a real blow to the economy. So I saw a lot of recently abandoned stuff, even if it was an old house that was updated. You'd see these weird levels of, that doesn't look so bad and it shouldn't be empty. And who came along and broke out all the windows right away? What's wrong with these people? I was The, the ones I really like taking pictures of are the ones that have been untouched by modernizations. Like you can see all the original lintels, all the original glass is in it. You, you just get all that texture when it has all the original elements sitting there. Just the years of wear and tear on that building. That's the stuff I really like. Great. So, Martin, what kind of equipment do you use? What's your primary go-to camera and lens? Well, I'm really fussy about that. I've, I've kind of grown up. Uh, my first digital camera was a uh, Canon XSI, and I quickly went to the 5D series, and I'm still in the 5D series, but they keep changing over the years. So right now I'm at a 5D SR. The most common lenses I use are the 24, 35, and 85. Those are just my favorites that I pick up all the go to nice. all the time. They're, they're prime lenses. I'm, I'm one of those people who like to shoot a lot of things at f2 and at f16. Kind of like my favorite <laughs> apertures for how I see things. Almost everything I shoot is at f16, so I have a maximum depth of field. So I have a love for the same thing that you do. That, that f16 is wonderful, especially on a wide scene. Just seeing that focus from front to back. And then I like to shoot wide scenes with the 85, like at F2, where I can really isolate that subject. Sure, sure. Like get some nice bokeh. And- yeah, and really get that distance in the background just fades right off, especially if you get a wide scene in an 85. Yeah, that's awesome. I get, yeah, I guess one of the other things I put in my own notes, I guess you can edit that part out, is... One of the things I always have with me is I generally always have coffee. Always have coffee. I've always got hot coffee with me. That sounds good. It's just a great motivator. No matter where I'm at, get back in the car, there's a hot sip of coffee. (laughs) It's pretty easy to have an affection for that stuff, that's for sure. And the other often overlooked piece of gear I use far more often than one would think is... I have a really good tripod now, finally, for photography. And the difference that makes cannot be overstated. I, I can't stress that enough. That's just been one of the things I never leave home without. Yeah, that's for sure. So what is your favorite utility for processing your pictures with? Um, I, I use Adobe Lightroom. And I'm finally on Creative Cloud now. I've I've been standoffish for a while because of the price. And I do use that in conjunction with uh, Photoshop if I'm going to actually do something in layers. But I generally do everything within Lightroom. 
straight out, straight up, right out of Lightroom with everything I do, every different look that's on it. It's all in Lightroom. I don't apply it anywhere else. At this point, I've developed a whole lot of my own presets that I've worked with that are based around some pretty complex things dealing with shadows, the highlight, and use of grain, curves. A lot of get into a lot of special things with with that within Lightroom to create certain looks. A lot of film emulation, things yeah. like that. Martin, uh, how long have you been doing this? The abandoned photography. Well, I guess there there would be one official start point of it. I did I did a few things back in the nineties when my old Olympus camera was still working. I did a bunch of film of. Brush Park in Detroit, which people seem to really like before they most of it's gone now. And and then it really took off when I decided I'm going to take an overnight photo trip and take pictures following the Muskegon River upstream into the headwaters to see what I could see from the original lumbering era of Michigan. Well, there really isn't anything left. So that turned into I like old houses. So that's really like i'm taking pictures of basically of old houses and if there's a car around i will take a picture of a car and that's really where it began in 2007 that was in august 2007 and it hasn't stopped from there this is my funnest question and i love asking this because everybody has a different answer what is the shadiest place that you've been to or the worst place that you've been to Oh, boy. One interesting, well, this is out doing some landscape. I, I ran into a poacher once, but I think he was more concerned about getting out of there than I was. So we both went our separate ways really quick. Another one was I was in a place in called Ofer, Utah, which is middle of nowhere. And... This white truck just kept driving back and forth to me as I'm taking photos of this. Um, looked like an old, it's an old miner's camp. And there's an old falling down log cabin that has completely fallen down since. And it was strange. This white truck just went back and forth and back and forth. They'd get out of the truck and stand there and look at you and then get back in and drive off. That was probably one of the weirdest things. And, you know, I went into this little town and got a Coca-Cola and it, it, it was kind of strange. Everybody wore matched clothing in that town and it was really awkward. Nothing can explain it there. <laughs> they all had like red plaid shirts and like everybody looked like they had brand new jeans on. Like when they're really dark blue and like stiff looking, everyone was dressed like that. It was all men. There were no women anywhere, so I had no idea what I was into. I got a Coca-Cola and left. I was out of there. That was it. That was probably the shadiest place I've been. So what is your favorite story you like to tell from all your adventures? I guess favorite stories. I, I do like, I like traveling with, doing this with a like-minded friend, because you always have something to talk about. It, it really jogs the mind and inspires. It's inspiring to have somebody with you who really wants to be there and really wants to do things. Just the same thing you're doing, and it's, and it's great to have that around. 
I guess I've been to the ER a few times. That's not fun. The last right. incident is I was with somebody and I said, trying to take a picture of something and, and he was following me coming over the hill. I go, don't step there. It's really, really slippery. I'm not kidding. And he's like, okay, I'll be okay. And one second later, he was butt first in the water, <laughs> sitting down with his camera held straight up in the air. And that was about about a mile off grid to the vehicle. So wow. we were back in there. He was okay. Got a bruise, got really wet. And, and there's, there's, I've had a fall. I've had uh, exploring some mine towns. Tybo, Nevada. Are you familiar with Nevada at all? Uh, not much. Okay, there's a town, middle of nowhere, as they all are in Nevada, called Tybo, T-Y-B-O. And they quit mining. They mined from the 1870s to the 1930s. And everywhere, there's like remnants of fine damp sands of all the um, silica and the zinc in the lead that they mined in probably the silver in there too. But, um, we we're walking all over. My friend got back to the car and drove it down the hill a little too fast. Cause it blew up all the silica into my eyes. And then I rubbed my eyes and scratched my cornea. So that was a not pleasant experience. Cause I had to go to the ER the next day. Oh man. There are these hidden, hidden dangers out there with all this stuff. Yeah, with with all the the camaraderie and the, the friendship and the bad stuff, what's the best place that you've been to? Oh, geez, I think I think the one place I went to that's overwhelming and I didn't even know what to do was Bodie, California. There's there's just literally too much to even process on what to photograph there. But other than that, I still like um, what's known as the Copper Country in Michigan. Every time I go up, I can always find a scene of old copper mining buildings. There, there's always something that I've missed from a previous trip. And I've, you know, I've taken 10 trips up there. And there's always something else to find in this one unique area of Michigan. If you, uh, if you were to look across your own Instagram feed and say, this is my best shot, what would it be? And, and why, why do you think it's your best shot? Best shot. Um, there's there's one I really really liked. I took of Fayette, Michigan, in the winter. It's it's a wide scene in in the summer. You you it's it's kind of like a preserved ghost town now. In the summer, you can never see it that wide shot of it without people in it. Very rarely can you see it without people. And I was there in winter where the, and I walked over the hill, the snow was literally waist deep and it was like zero out or something. And just being out there to get that, I had a, you know, you have to walk a quarter mile cause you can't get very close. Quarter mile and waist deep snow feels like forever. And, it, and it's just like, I was there, I got it. The light was really nice. That's one of my favorite, favorite shots of buildings. It's pretty far back in my Instagram feed at this point. So, Martin, um, I know you have a lot of your pictures are on Flickr, which we'll put in the show notes, a link to your page there. Okay. And uh, but I just wanted to check with you and see if um, if you have any art shows coming up or any exhibitions or 
anything like that going on? I did. I did one print and framing for uh, um, at a gallery show at a local coffee house that I visit quite often called Roaster Coffee. And there's some pictures and a lot of pictures in my Instagram feed of that locale. And had a kind of a mild success with selling prints there. I have a, at an orchard in Michigan called Phillips Orchard, north of St. John, Michigan. This is also a historical location. It's been in, it's been producing apples since the 1850s on the same piece of property. I have some pictures framed and hanging there for sale. I do have some ambitions of trying to put together some kind of book on this subject of things I've done in Michigan and kind of waffling on what that's going to be because I can't narrow down the shots. I can't have a 600-page book. It's got to be about 100 pages or less to be practical. Oh, wow. Do you have a few people, some Instagram followers, uh, fellow photographers, art influences, anybody that you would like to give a shout-out to? Oh, gosh, yeah. There's there's people that probably don't even know I exist. There's people that definitely know I exist. <laughs> there's there's people I just, I enjoy their what they're doing. I just, I just like what they're doing. I like the feeling of what they're doing. Some people are technically wonderful. Some are not. But I, it, in, in part of me on Instagram, I don't, that doesn't bother me. I like the fact that they're just doing it and they're continuing to feed that impulse. There's a bunch of them. I, I found I like a lot of stuff that's being done in the Northern Canadian Plains, like Fistful of Powder, Jill Coop. And then you have some other parts of Sierra Winds, History Rambler, Kirkbride Girl, Rural Revival, Boslo, Exploring the Void, James Cow's Southern Ruins, Ohio Relics, um, REGA82. There's a really unique guy in Russia called Sam Azyaba, which he's just some of the most interesting stuff I've seen on an international scale. John... Plashel Photo, um, B.W. Bandy. Um, I really like Phil Stagg, Neil Weaver, and Aubrey out of Hope. Those last three, they're all in Michigan. That's a, that's a good list there good. for sure. And we'll be sure to include as many as we can in the show notes and tag them in uh, Instagram posts. So, yeah, that's great. So, Martin, how can people get in touch with you? If it's if it's on Instagram, um, just use the messenger. Or if it's on Flickr, just use the Flickr mail. I, I'm on Flickr. I use Flickr basically as a, a resource to store and catalog and put information with things that I can easily access. One of the things I wish I could do with Instagram as a reference point, yeah. um, I keep a lot of notes in my pictures there. I tend to really put a lot more information with stuff on, on, on that page in there just, just so I have a reference of what it is. Because sometimes I wish I could just go back and say, look at this picture on Instagram, and I have no way to find it. Yeah, you have to where... just scroll and scroll until you get to where you're going. That, that is a kind of a pain. It'd be nice if they had some kind of file system. But, I mean, it's a nice system. It works and kind of just flows by, so it's good. Yeah. I, I, uh, one of the other things that I, I do when I do these trips I'd like to point out is when I decide I'm going to take off and go somewhere, I actually even though it seems like arbitrary driving up and down back roads, I actually bust out. I have like old maps. Um, some are online, some I own. 
and can actually plot out where clusters of people were living to focus on those details of where I'm going um, to really help me so I just don't go aimlessly down roads that won't yield anything. And, and it actually actually really helps finding things. And Google aerials are pretty good now where I can validate my route after I've found it and, and finding where things are at so I don't, because one turn I could go end up going a half hour or an hour out of my way. But I want to know if I'm going to go down that road for two hours. I want to know there's something there. It's a hunting thing. I'm look. I'm out. It's like I get really in the stealth mode of like I'm. I'm going to go find this. I am determined to find this. Like I don't know if you saw recently. There were some lighthouse photos in my Instagram feed. Yeah, that is off grid. That is turned out to be. I got rained on on the hike back. That was three miles down a small trail, then through a swamp to the shoreline and back. That took six hours. And and it's not an easy building to get to if especially when the water Lake Superior water is high. If it's low, you could walk the waterfront. There's only some times where it gets really low. At the time it just right. Yeah, the water was really high when I was there. The water was hitting the shore and I'm like forty feet away from it. You can feel the spray. Holy smokes. So Lake Superior can smash smash against the shores pretty good and push some water up. So I avoided the shoreline. You made it, though. Yeah, I made it, and I made it back. In the last 15 minutes, that's when the rain really started coming down. It was kind of sprinkling the whole time out there and back, just knowing. Um, One building I hid in while I was out there, while there was a small squall that went past over, and then it let up, and then I took a few more photos. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be like two, two and a half hours getting out of here. I got to go. Right. So, Martin, we're going to wrap this up. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? We, we've had a – it's our pleasure to be able to interview you and, and uh, hear all the exciting stories you have. So do you have anything else you want to add? I encourage people to go out and discover stuff for themselves. Find, I, there are some people who have really found their own path, and it's really commendable to watch it. I, I, I enjoy those kind of feeds on Instagram. They're not emulating anyone else's. They are just on their own roads. They're finding their own things and just dedicated to doing their own thing all the time. And I just love that. Good way to feel about it for sure. Yeah. I just, there, there are people you, you follow and after like following them for a few years, you can really see that they are just, they are just doing their own thing in their own space and yeah. wherever they're at. I'm just, I am being in Grand Rapids. I'm just kind of far from everything. Like when, like when I say I go north, that's a ten-hour drive. Wow! So these these two trips I'm taking aren't close to home. I've I've got to cross the Mackinac Bridge and go north still because it's an eight-hour drive to the other end of the state. Once you cross the bridge, oh dang! Wow! Yeah, so there's a haul. <laughs> you wanna? Thank you for being on the show with us tonight, and uh, we'll get this all put together and get it out there, and we'll go from there. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being on. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Martin, 
Thank you for being our guest and sharing your story with us on this episode of Capturing the Abandoned. You can find Martin on Instagram as Nikita Spirit, and be sure to give him a follow. The music bed for this show is titled Weary Traveler and was composed and performed by Mr. Lex Nichols, my good friend and co-host. You can find more of Lex's music on his website at lexnichols.com, on his YouTube channel, Spotify, Pandora, and of course, on iTunes. You can find our Facebook page by searching for Capturing the Abandoned, and we'll use this page to share our podcast information, including our show notes and artwork for each episode, and information on locations where you can download, stream, and or subscribe to it. In addition to the Facebook page, we've also created a Facebook group at the same location called Capturing the Abandoned International, which is dedicated to the purpose of showcasing the images, stories, and the people who create the images and art of this genre. This is where we hope to have anyone and everyone from any country post and share their rural and urban abandoned pictures and stories with everyone else. So please stop by and contribute. We've reached the end of this episode of Capturing the Abandoned, and we hope that you have enjoyed it. You should be able to find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are served, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, and more. Please subscribe and be sure to let any of your adventurous friends and relatives know about this podcast. Your feedback is important to us, so please feel free to reach out to us at capturingtheabandoned at gmail.com and leave us your thoughts, ideas, and suggestions on how we can improve this show and bring you the best Capturing the Abandoned experience. Fun times, exciting guests, and abandoned content are up ahead, so please stay tuned. And until next time, be safe out there.